guys, welcome to Sinister Hauntings. As always, I'm Kelly, your host. I hope you all have had a great week. First, I want to say thank you to anyone that has listened to my first couple of podcasts. Thank you for sticking around this long. Um, I do really appreciate you guys, so I am going to talk a little bit about myself um, so you guys can kind of get to know me. Um, I know some of my listeners do know me, but a lot won't, but as you know, my name is Kelly. I I love, I live in good old Minnesota. I do have three kids and a wonderful boyfriend that supports me doing this hobby. I honestly got the podcasting idea from another podcast I listen to, and you may have heard them. Uh, It's called Gruesome Podcast. Um, It's two uh, millennial women in their 30s, and they talk about uh, true crime. It's uh, really interesting to listen to. I love listening to them every week. Uh, Their podcast episodes are released on Wednesdays, um, and I am not affiliated with them at all. I just figured I would throw that out there because I do listen to it, and I really love it, and I think you guys would too. So the reason I got into this podcasting um, was because of the podcast I told you guys about, just told you guys about, and I thought that maybe I could do this, and look at that. I am, which is awesome. It's great. It's, I mean, it's a learning experience and I do get really, really excited to, uh, research my next episode and be able to share it with you guys. Uh, and I will say the researching and writing the script is the easy part, but editing can be, can be a pain at times, but it has been a learning process. And it's been a little challenging, but I think I'm finally figuring this podcasting thing out, So, which is cool. Also, I wanted to talk about my last two episodes. So the very first episode I listened to, I was saying a lot of ums, so I am being mindful of that. I think I do that because I'm trying to figure out the next thing I'm going to say. So I am going to work on that. Um, It might slip up here and there. And then my second episode, last week's episode, um, I noticed I'm really monotone, I feel, when I listen back to the audio. And I don't know if it's just audio, but... I will try to be mindful of that as well, and I also was doing a lot of um, huffing and puffing, like, it sounded like I was annoyed doing the podcast, and I really wasn't. I I was trying to think of the next thing to say. I think, I don't know, but I am working on it, and I'm going to get better as time goes on. Also, I wanted to mention that, so when I was listening to my podcast, I sounded really muffled, and I thought it was maybe because I was sitting too close to the mic that I have, and that wasn't necessarily the case. 
So when I got my mic for specifically for podcasting, I got it off of Amazon. Love Amazon, by the way. Uh, so anyways, when I got this mic, there was foam over it to protect it in the box, you know, from bumping around and possibly breaking it. So come to find out that, um, the foam piece on the actual microphone itself wasn't even supposed to be on there. So, uh, yeah, I figured that out and hopefully week number three, third time's a charm, they say, I will sound not as muffled. So yeah, let is get into today's episode. But before I do that, I do want to include some trigger warnings, which are torture, murder, and death of a child. So we are going to go all the way over to New Orleans, Louisiana, the same city that throws Mardi Gras every year around February and March. It's different every year and lasts for, I read, it lasts between four to six weeks. So if there are any listeners out there, you can uh, let me know if that is correct. But that is what I found about Mardi Gras. But we are not here to talk about Mardi Gras. We are here to talk about the infamous mansion called the LaLaurie Mansion. And if I am butchering LaLaurie, I apologize. I did try to find a pronunciation online. Uh, And I'm not French, and that is a French name. So, I'm going to try to not butcher it, but the story uh, is pretty brutal, and if I butcher her name, I I don't know. Um, She was a fucking bitch, but you'll you'll see why. Uh, Also, this uh, mansion was also mentioned... In American Horror Story, uh, The Coven Season, uh, Kathy Bates played Delphine Lalaurie, which is kind of cool. So, before being named Madame Lalaurie in her adult years, she was born as Maria Delphine McCarthy on March 19th, 1787. She was a New Orleans socialite. Both of her parents were prominent in the town's European Creole community, and her uncle Esteban Rodriguez Miro was governor of the Spanish-American provinces of Louisiana and Florida during 1785 through 1791. Her cousin was also the mayor of New Orleans from 19, 19 from 1815 till. 1820. Needless to say, she had family in high places. Delphine was just four years old when the Haitian Revolution erupted in 1791, making slaveholders in the South and the Caribbean very worried about resistance and rebellion among their slaves. Delphine's uncle had been killed in 1771 by 
his slaves, and the revolution had inspired further rebellions that created a culture of harsher discipline for slaves out of fear of insurrection. We can speculate that witnessing the Haitian revolution in the murder of her uncle by slaves may have ignited the evil in her. She may have treated her slaves so horrendous as a way to avenge her uncle. But either way, it's very difficult to comprehend the reasons behind her cruelty. None of the slaves she murdered and tortured had been personally responsible for her uncle's death, thus did not deserve to suffer at her hands. Madame LaLaurie was married three times to affluent men and had five children. Her first two husbands died. Her third husband was a young doctor named Leonard LaLaurie, whose last name she took, hence being infamously known as Madame LaLaurie. They lived together with their slaves at 1140 Royal Street in the French Quarter, in a three-story mansion Madame LaLaurie had purchased. The LaLaurais were an affluent family who constantly threw lavish parties. They were well-respected members of society. Madame LaLaurie was somewhat of a socialite, and many women wanted to be her. She was beautiful and courteous, and no one knew what happened behind the closed doors of her home. Her wicked ways seemed to have started while married to her third husband. There is no evidence that Madame LaLaurie tortured or murdered any of her slaves before becoming Mrs. LaLaurie. It is also unclear as to whether her husband was also actively involved in the torture and murder of the slaves. However, one thing is for sure. The mansion at 1140 Royal Street was held for the slaves that called it home. Rumors about Madame LaLaurie's wicked ways began to spread when people started noticing that many of her slaves would mysteriously disappear. Although slaves were often treated as lesser humans during the that time, there were still laws that prohibited the unusually cruel treatment of slaves. Without concrete proof of any malpractice, people could do nothing about their suspicions. Things soon changed when a neighbor heard some screaming coming from 1140 Royal Street. It was one of Madame LaLaurie's youngest slaves, eight-year-old Leah, running away from her, running away from her to avoid being whipped. In her attempt to avoid the cruel punishment, the little girl had fallen to her death from the mansion's rooftop. The girl was subsequently buried on the mansion grounds. The incident involving Leah ultimately led to authorities impounding all of Madame, Madame LaLaurie's slaves. They were auctioned off to the public. However, being the cunning woman, woman she is, and manipulative, we can say, Madame LaLaurie got a relative to purchase the slaves at an auction and later return them to her, which is pretty fucked up. Back then, I mean... They had slaves, not that it's okay, and I don't condone it, but still pretty messed up. So, the extent of Madame LaLaurie's ill treatment of slaves was unknown until April 10th, 1834. On this day, a fire broke out at the LaLaurie residence. The fire had started in the kitchen when the police arrived and fire marshals arrived at the scene, they found the house cook, an elderly woman believed to be in her 70s, chained to, the, chained to the stove. Upon questioning her, they 
they discovered that she had started the fire in an attempt to commit suicide. Upon further interrogations, the woman explained that Madame Lullaray had threatened to take her to the top room. According to the cook, no one who went to the top room ever came back. The lady had thought it was best to take her own life than suffer at the hands of Madame Lalaurie, which I don't blame her one bit. So, this revelation led to the top room being broken into to investigate the claims made by the cook. So, if you guys are not wanting to listen to this next um, section, you can definitely uh, fast forward and... I don't blame you for not wanting to listen to it, but I am going to read some pretty uh, sinister things. So, in addition, in addition, for sure the top room was hell on earth for the slaves that found themselves there. People found the dead bodies of several slaves in the top room, but that was not the worst of it. In the top room, slaves were tortured. The slaves found alive were deathly thin, a sign that they had not been given food in ages. A woman was found wrapped with her intestines. Another was found with their mouth sewn shut with feces in it. There were also slaves that had uh, metal bars with spikes around their necks to prevent them from moving their heads, while others were put into small cages and their bones were broken to fit in it. People were beyond shocked. Well, no shit. Like, that is ridiculous. The discovery of Madame Lalaurie's wicked ways made it to a local newspaper, which reported that witnesses had seen seven slaves, more or less horribly mutilated, suspended by their neck, with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other. That's... I just can't even imagine. I feel so bad for these poor people. I understand it was a different time, but what the fuck? So, the pleasant, beautiful, and seemingly kind woman was a sadistic murderer. Well, yeah. People had never witnessed slaves being treated so horribly. This says a lot, given the, given that during this time it was okay to treat your, sla- your slaves badly. However, Madame... I don't know why I keep going from Madame to Madame... Madame Lalaurie had crossed the line, and the whole community agreed on this. The extremely cruel treatment of slaves in the Lalaurie house was illegal, and therefore warranted criminal sanctions. More importantly, the New Orleans community was extremely outraged, which, good, they should have been, by the cruel nature of the Lalauries. This led to many wanting to serve justice themselves. Mobs destroyed the mansion and all its property at 1140 Royal Street. In doing so, they also uncovered numerous graves on the property. The graves belonged to the slaves that had been murdered by Madame Lalaurie. However, before the mob could get to Madame Lalaurie and her family, they fled the area and were never seen in New Orleans again. Less is known about Madame Lalaurie after the fire. However, it is believed that she fled to Paris, where she died in 1849, where she can just stay dead, and I hope she suffers. I don't usually say that about people, especially the dead. 
but she can fucking suffer. Madame Lalaurie was beyond evil because not only did she have slaves, but she tortured and murdered them for no other reason than her sadistic pleasure. What is even more concerning is that Madame Lalaurie is unlikely to have been the only slave owner who treated slaves so badly. She just happened to be the only one caught. It is unbelievable that slaves were subjected to such horrible treatment. And remember, this was a very different time period. But what happened was not okay at all. So that is the story about Madame Lalaurie. So I am going to talk about... I did some research on lake hauntings at this mansion. And I don't know if any of you know about the show Portals to Hell. Very good show. I do recommend it. should definitely give it a watch if you're into paranormal hauntings. So, this is a paranormal show that you... Oh, I did tell you if you need to watch. If you haven't, definitely, yeah. Definitely go watch it. So, hosts Katrina, Katrina and Jack were able to invest investigate the LaLaurie mansion and witness some pretty intense stuff. Jack and Katrina interviewed a lady named Annie who lived in the house for a couple of years when she was a young girl. She would hear what she thought were uh, pots and pans clanging a lot of the time. Uh, One night her dad woke up in the middle of the night to see a man in a top hat coming out from behind an armoire So like a couch, fancy couch is what that is. Uh, Another night, Annie was walking home and looked up and seen a small young girl, which is to believe to be Leah, the eight-year-old that jumped to her death. Uh, And this young girl was sitting on the roof. Uh, Annie did go back 20 years later to make peace with the house, Once she got to the front of the door, I believe, um, she was knocked down, but no one was in front of her or behind her. She was pretty terrified, as one should be, and one more than likely would be. Uh, Another interview Katrina and Jack had was with the mansion caretakers, Lisa and Lisa's mother. They didn't say what Lisa's mother's name was was. Um, I did try to look that up and research it, but they didn't say. And I'm not sure if she really wanted to be mentioned in this show. So, Lisa and her mother took Katrina and Jack to different areas of the mansion where Lisa and her mom had multiple experiences throughout the house. Um, There have also been guests that have had experiences as, as well. Lisa's mom said that she doesn't like staying in the kitchen by herself because the door will fling open and shut by itself randomly. Lisa said that you can watch the doorknob turn by itself and open the door and no one is on the other side of the door to open it. That's crazy to me. Like, just watching something turn and nothing's there. Uh, Katrina mentions that when she was walking into certain rooms of the mansion, she would immediately start feeling dizzy, which she couldn't explain. It wasn't sure if it was paranormal or because of the environment, but she also said that it 
it is a very distinct feeling and not the same as when you spin around and are dizzy that way. Uh, she says Katrina has had these experiences in multiple locations that they have investigated and it's similar. It's the same feeling she was feeling at the La Lorraine mansion. So the secret room believed to be the slaves quarters Lisa told Katrina and Jack that she was down by the bed and Lisa had felt something touch her. It felt really cold. Uh, Jack um, did a overnight investigation with, I think, a member of the camera crew. And he heard, like, knocking and he heard something say something. Uh, I believe they did an EVP session. I tried to find more, but you had to pay for it, and I wasn't about to pay for it. Uh, so, I just did not do that. I'm going off of memory because I do remember watching this episode, which was pretty cool. So, and he was in the pitch dark. I mean, they had their night vision, you know, cameras going, but yeah, they heard stuff in that um, room. Then they, Lisa and her mom show Katrina and Jack where Madame LaLaurie tortured her slaves, which was in the attic. And be, and uh, when I was talking about Madame LaLaurie, her story, uh, they called it the top room. So this is the attic now. So there was an electrician that would have weird and random things happen to him when the electrician would work on stuff in the attic. <clears throat> he would get hit in the head with random objects that would make him bleed. That, like, I wouldn't even want to go back in that house after that. Like, no thank you. When, so this is, we're going to get into the overnight investigation where Katrina and Jack are investigating the kitchen. So, that was their first step. So they see a figure sitting on a chair on their 3D mapping camera. And so this is a device you use that maps out human figures and uses a laser grid. So, like, if you were to stand in front of it, it's going to look like a stick figure with arms, legs, and a head. Uh, so what they seen is a small person with heads, arms, legs, a body sitting in a chair and so they're still in the kitchen investigating and Jack had asked Katrina to go stand over by the chair where Jack seen the figure on the 3D mapping camera once Katrina is standing next to the chair the same figure pops up seconds later and shows up on the mapping camera in a different spot it was actually next to the chair in the couch and this is where Jack's like, oh, it, it just popped up. And uh, so Katrina moves her hand closer towards the figure. And she's kind of asking, like, she's asking, "Is am I getting closer? Is it right here? Uh, once she gets closer to it, she mentions that it feels increasingly colder. Which I've heard that so many times on paranormal shows that... Like, it'll just feel colder if there's a presence. Um, so, yeah. I also did...
did do, I looked up some things. Um, I want to say, an actor did own the house. I'm looking it up right now. I should have been ready, but that's okay, because we're, I'm just doing this for fun, so if you don't like it, you can just skip to the end and be done listening to me, um, if my computer will load. Um, I wonder if it'll pop up. Well, anyways, so it was Nicolas Cage. He owned that house for a couple of years. Um, I don't remember, exactly remember what the article said. I know I just read it, but it, my memory is so bad, and this is why I have to have scripts in front of me to, um, oh, there we go with the ums. I said I was going to be mindful of those. So, anyways, I do have a really bad memory. So, I do remember Nicolas Cage. He did own the house. Uh, he sold it or lost it, but that didn't put him out with any money. Uh, I did find another source that said anyone that owns a house, shortly later, they either die or lose the house or just can't live there anymore. Um, I guess there was one guy that committed suicide in the mansion. Uh, yeah. So that's all I had for this week. I do appreciate each and every one of you, and thank you so much for listening. And I will see you or hear you or... I'm not sure where I'm going with this. But thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this. Thank you so much for listening to Sinister Hauntings. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you would like to help support me, here are some ways you can do that. Leave me a five-star review or rating on wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that's on RSS Podcasts, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. This will help other horror fanatics find me. I would love to hear from you, so leave me a message or comment on my post on Instagram at Sinister Hauntings Podcast and follow me there. I also have a TikTok at Sinister Hauntings where you can interact with me there. If you are old school and want to email me, you certainly can at sinisterhauntings at gmail.com and let me know how I'm doing or complain, whichever your heart desires. I always appreciate hearing from everyone. I hope you all have a wonderful week and weekend. Tune in next week and thank you again for listening. <laughs>